You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. This movie review also comes for subscribers at Time Lord level or above an uncut, unedited, longer video version of the review. Become a subscriber and check it out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Screener Squad review. I'm your host today, Wright, and today we are talking about Pin 15 Season 2. I have with me today uh, Bob. Hello. Uh, Elliot. Hey, hey. And from Other Worlds Film Festival, Tessa. How are you, Tessa? Hello, I'm well. So, Pin 15 is uh, a great. Uh, comedy show on Hulu that was created by, I have their names pulled up, and I love them to death, uh, Maya Erskine, is that how you pronounce her last name? Erskine. Erskine, and Anna uh, Conkle and Sam uh, Zievelman. This, it's a story about two young girls, uh, Maya and Anna, who are actually in their early 30s, I believe, but they're playing middle schoolers. And this year, the second season is taking place, I believe, in seventh grade at this time? Because the first season was in sixth grade, right? I, I believe it was the going into seventh grade is how it started. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's right. And and it's just going through their lives, all the, the, the trials and tribulations is like young uh, preteens and teenagers go through in, in middle school to sometimes a very uncomfortable degree and i i think i could speak for most of us here that a lot of the times it is hits extremely close to home and but uh sometimes also extremely poignant and very sweet uh there's some dramatic uh character arcs uh, peppered throughout the the show but it's also hands down i think one of the funniest things i've seen in years uh i Right out of the gates, I could not wait to see the show, the second season, because I loved the first season so much. So I'm very excited to talk today about this. But uh, I want to hear your guys' uh, thoughts. So, uh, Tessa, what, what did you think about uh, Pin 15? Oh, I loved it and definitely could relate to it hard. Um, my brother texted me when I was in the middle of binging the first season to catch up because uh, you you messaged me and you're like, Tessa, have you seen this? This is amazing. You need to watch this. And I was like, all right, I'll get in on this. <laughs> Uh, but my brother also texted me and was like, are you watching this? Have you seen this yet? And I was like, I'm watching it right now. <laughs> and and I was like, I feel so called out right now. And, <laughs> and yeah, you don't you don't want to necessarily hear from people it's like you really need to watch this. Like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? <laughs> Specifically you. You need. To- yeah. And I talked to my brother about it and I was like, you really you can really relate to growing up as a preteen girl in the early aughts. And he's like, no, but I knew one you. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's all, all I could say. 
Uh, I was apologized profusely to my older brother. Bob, how about you? What did you think about the second season? Um, I loved it uh, for sure. Uh, speaking of your brother, I watched it with my older sister. Yeah. And so um, her being four years older than me, watching the show with her right next to her, because we're in the same household where, you know, um, it it was insane. Not only the, the, the stuff that they've done so well to recreate the, the horror, the immediate, they talk about in an interview, the creators that uh, the two girls, what they liked about playing them together is that the best friend stuff it's, it's, or we're going to die. It's to the end. Everything is all these crazy extremes. So seeing all these topics, obviously they're female. So we're seeing, the first season was menstruation and we got uh, masturbation and all these other things. And we get into the body image stuff, just knowing that, you know, like she never sat me down when she was going through that stuff. I mean, obviously, why would she? I would have been like eight at the time when she was 12 or something. But it, it just makes it so real how you don't know what everybody's going through. And that's one of the things I really dig about the show is it is kind of specific. On, on some level, you know, I think they've talked about some real life relationship stuff has made it in there, but it, it it's such a great look. And and the concept they've come up with with playing the kids with an all kid cast, which the, yeah. the cast is amazing, parents and children. That's another thing I really like about the show is every time an episode ends with one of the ancillary characters, I just want to see them more. Yeah. Not because they didn't necessarily finish the story, because some of the stuff they just cut because, you know, we got to keep going. But the performances are all so good. I I really love the arc for the um, I forget his name, the the kid who was the the male lead in the play towards the end of the, the season. The, the the kid in the play is sort of uh, he's in the closet. Yeah. Yeah. He I get that, too, that he's got a thing for. Sam, the friend. friend. Sam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Gabe. His name was Gabe. Yes, Gabe. Uh, okay. Yeah, his. Uh, he was kind of a a side character in the the first season. It wasn't really like popping up too much because there's all these different friends groups uh, in the show where there's uh, a few guys that are kind of like the nerdy guys, and one of them branches off in this season to be more of a trying to be more of a, a jock or a popular kid, I think, uh, which is Sam who. In the first season, uh, you saw that he has a huge crush on Maya. Now, Elliot, if, also, Elliot, what did you think about this uh, this season? Uh, well, I've seen this season three times now. So you didn't like it at all? So I like it <laughs> quite a lot, yeah. Uh, my sister turned me on to the first season. She's a little bit younger than I am. This show was set in 2000 when I was eight, but, I, you know, I mean, I went to middle school a few years after, so a lot of this really resonates with me. Um, yeah, I, I really love this season for all the reasons you guys said. It's it's absolutely hilarious at times. I mean, there were times that I had to pause it because I was laughing so hard. Just, you know, single lines and, and the delivery, uh, especially coming from Maya a lot of the time. The, the witch episode is... Oh, the witch episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. The greenhouse scene had me absolutely rolling on the floor every single time i watch that oh my god and it's a hundred percent like that you know you're just making these right. weird mud pies and shit and just like acting like insane people be like we're witches Wah! you know it's just like yeah that's 
kind of what it's like, you know, just play, plain pretend. It's like this weird, like, gap between, like, grade school and high school where it's like, yeah, you're mm-hmm. still kind of playing with, like, dolls and toys a little bit. Maybe yeah. segueing into different hobbies, you know, more. And puberty is slowly creeping in. Yeah. And everybody's, like, making funny. Be like, you still play with dolls? And be like, well, what dumb shit do you still do? Like, seriously. <laughs> it's like right, teasing right. each other just to put attention on the other person to get attention away from themselves be like well they still do this anyways well this this season also adds a, a really interesting i guess you can call her an antagonist uh that's she kind of arrives in the i think the third or fourth episode so kind of already like knee deep in the second season her name is moira and she just kind of a, a, appears out of nowhere which is really interesting that they like reveal her this way where you know, Maya and Anna are kind of like outcasts sort of because of what happened in the first season. A lot of like terrible rumors are spread. And so they're sitting by themselves and this person, this other girl comes out of nowhere and defends them and uh, calls out this guy who's making fun of them. And she's pretty like vicious towards this other guy. I was like, whoa, who is this? And of course, they're just like, we want to, who are you? You're awesome. And she's like, do you guys want to be friends? And like immediately, which is Again, so funny how friendships can spark at that age almost like instantaneously. I watching the show, what it reminds me of so much is how to be like how innocent they are, and they're not really thinking unless they start to try to manipulate certain things, and it just goes horribly wrong, like it probably did when we were kids. Um, but this person, she becomes like the third best friend, and she starts to become this kind of wedge in the relationship between Maya and Anna, which is hysterical through a lot of different mishaps that are going on. And again, really interesting how it's not, um, cause I, I, I saw this uh, as a kid cause I, I had a, a younger sister, but I also had four stepsisters when I was growing up and I could see how like we were all kind of doing this, like almost like a, like reality shows where I could, there's like, well, let's pick a side and, uh, and like, let's, You're picking let's pick favorites a... for that month. Exactly. And it's again, just the relationships that they, they showcase in the show is, is so just fucking accurate. Uh, I, again, I've never seen anything like this where you watch any other preteen or teen drama, like Riverdale, which I, I personally, I have not seen, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just speaking out of my ass here, but uh, it, you're, you're getting a lot of, uh, it, funny enough, a lot of probably like late 20 year olds playing teenagers where they're purposely like early 30 year olds playing middle schoolers and they're doing it better than any other show on television. And also with a lot of that stuff, you're getting the content written, obviously still by older people because that's how it works, but right. they're writing, you get more generic. This is like real, they had some stuff to say with this TV show. It wasn't like, oh, let's do drama club. Like, no, they all this show seems like them going through. They did an interview and somebody asked them, uh, so do you just carry around a notebook? Because everybody that knows you now just wants to tell you all their horrible stories. And they were both like, yeah. I really uh, was amused and also confused by some of like the beginning credits or mid credit scenes that just kind of got absurdist. And I was like, what is happening? Did you see them all from in the first season? Because we watched the first season mm-hmm. and I always cut it at the credits. And then we rewatched it right before this. And mm-hmm. I think all of them, except for the first episode of season one, have some wild after credits. Yeah. Stinger. I, I want to talk about uh, some 
geeky stuff and some weird stuff. Let's start with the weird stuff. There's one sequence, though, it, or I guess just one bit. Uh, it's, I think, the the first theater episode, so it's episode six, I believe, where it gets super surreal for just, like, one moment uh, where one of the characters is basically sucking a nipple of another character all of a sudden. I remember watching yeah. that. I was like, what the? And it bo- reminded me of, uh, is it, not my crazy ex-girlfriend, but it was a scene where the, the one was clinging on too hard to the other one. I think Maya was hanging on too hard to Anna. So it was like turning the metaphor for it into a visual thing. Yeah. So you could see it. But not only had they never done it before, but it was extremely quick. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was it really threw me off guard and like I got what they Same. were doing. It was just like what the hell was that? <laughs> and joke of how how dependent one was on the other or how codependent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I it's like I, that was the only thing in the entire show that I thought was a, almost like a misstep. I was like cuz I I wasn't questioning that you know they're dependent on each other and Maya maybe even more so on uh, Anna. So I was like, "Oh, well, I got that. Like, but just to see that visual visualization of it, it was like, oh, that's a little too much. <laughs> Even though it's like, it's hysterical. It's just like, it doesn't, it almost doesn't fit the rest of the show. Yeah. They've done some weird stuff with the, the musical number last year. And, and this season too. Uh, one thing on the weird stuff that I really like that they continue uh, so far this season is the wild music. Like they use all this, like, mid 80s melodrama stingers and then they have a bunch of like provincial early 70s late 70s horror movie cues that they use in these certain scenes of episodes and then it's then just not do it anymore it's all just to flavor and i love it It, it's it's so (laughs) yeah it it it, yeah so the a a few a few other things i'd love to call out the the costuming and the the set designs for any of the rooms is like just pitch perfect. Uh, the the hair that uh, each of them have is so goddamn funny because I was like, that's exactly what they're doing. And and honestly, I felt for Gabe as well because I was a, a chubby kid when I was I was uh, in middle school and watching it. I was like, my my girlfriend was like, was that you? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and he was like, well, he did star in the play. I was like, oh, I wish I was the star. Uh, so. <laughs> Um, and a couple other things too that I I just I did that meme of like Leonardo DiCaprio in uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I was like, well, look at that, where <laughs> it was the beginning of the series and then or the season and the end of the season. It was the the pool episode. They did a one track shot and they were mimicking Boogie Nights because <laughs> uh, the camera goes underwater. It's like the exact same thing. And then the end of the season, they do the Copa. Uh, shot from Goodfellas where they go in the yeah. back and try to do oh, that yeah. whole thing and they get kicked out. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, I I was, f- my film geekiness was flipping out. It's like, this show's going there? God damn, this is the best show on television right now. Uh, for anybody that might be listening or watching that still needs a reason, the last two drama club theater episodes are brilliant. Absolutely. The, I, w- I was so glad that not only did we get that, but we got both sides. We got the tech back of house and we got the actor side and uh i love a play in any kind of media in a book or a comic because it 
it it immediately imbues a bunch of things that everybody knows about how a theater and a play works and you know coming in and be quiet and nervous backstage and so then you can heighten it and and they did and the it was great the drama was really good the performances the uh both in the rehearsals and in the performance knocked down fantastic one thing i also read and didn't know is that maya's mom is her mom yeah that's right mm-hmm. Yeah, And so when I watched the first episode, I remember thinking, wow, that's my mom. Like somebody just says no all the time and isn't, you know, unless they need to be really worried about what you're worried about. And then when I found out her mom, her mom, yeah, that was another great touch. It's even more brilliant that way. And and it, it works on, again, another level when there is a, an episode where you know, when you were a kid, you just wanted to say no to your parents and just defy them for no logical reason. Just like, ah, no, I'm not going to fucking do this. And, and just, you want your way. And this, this one, uh, there's a lot of great scenes between Maya and her mother in it, but uh, just like the public humiliation in uh, addressing or at a store uh, trying to unclose. I'm just like, I, I didn't have to go through that too often, but I know my sister did, and I got to witness it sometimes. <laughs> so, I, again, watching it was like, oh, God. It's just, it's, if, uh, like, smell-o-vision or something like that was a real thing to where you can feel the anxiety and just the just the, <laughs> the horribleness of being a, a middle schooler every now and then, it's like, God, this is that show <laughs> to, to test it on. <laughs> anxiety vision? Anxiety vision. <laughs> didn't, didn't Lars von Trier perfect that? <laughs> Uh, well, with that, let's go to final thoughts. Uh, Elliot, how about you start it off? Boy, I think everything's been said. Yeah, I mean, there's so there's so much that works on the show. And, and um, you know, you could do the show with other actors and it, it would be funny, but I don't think it would work as well. I think the natural chemistry between Anna and Maya kind of, really kind of centers the show. You know, you get the sense that in real life they really are best friends and they're just playing off each other effortlessly i think they i think both of them have backgrounds in improv so that probably helps mm-hmm. i think they're probably comfortable with each other in that space um i'm glad you brought up maya's mom because yeah I, that was something i learned recently and i think that really made me appreciate her part even more um even though i was already loving what she was doing you know uh, just some of the the sort of back-to-back absolutely hilarious jokes um just keep the show going at full speed you know uh each of the three times that i watched this i i kind of binged it it was impossible for me to (laughs) put a pause on it um the play episodes are great absolutely um the the witch episode is you know one of my new quotable things uh i've been quoting it to my sister a lot my girlfriend um Man, I yeah, I love this show. I cannot wait for the next batch of episodes. Um, I'm gonna give this a nine and a half out of ten. Shalele Pumpanos. <laughs> Man, you won. <laughs> uh, Tessa, uh, your final thoughts, please. Um, yeah, you know it's you know it's good and it's funny when we just have to mention the title of an episode and we start giggling. So uh, if you don't turn this off and go and watch it right now, you're really missing out. Um, it's 
it is brilliantly acted. They have great child actors, like we mentioned. Um, they they talk about all sorts of uh, different topics. You know, there's body image, puberty, uh, you know, uh, parents getting divorced, you know, in the late 90s, early aughts, um, you know, your crushes and, just all, you know, just everything that you deal with going through middle school. And uh, it definitely gave me flashbacks uh, to my terrible middle school experiences, um, but made me laugh. So that was uh, cathartic. Um, I would probably give this show also uh, 9.5. Uh, friendship bracelets out of 10. Yeah. Ooh, nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, Bob? Uh, this season, I mean, uh, just as in love, if not more, this season we got a pool party, we got body image, we got new friends, uh, we got a sleepover, we got a drama club, we got testing the limits with our parents that starts very heavily in episode four when we meet Moira, which when I found out the season was split, I am very interested to see where that situation goes. Yeah. Uh, when I first finished the second season, I've watched it twice so far. I thought that it was less funny in that it seemed like what it was is that the, the stuff that's not the funny parts is more poignant, I think, now. So overall, it's just as funny, but it's it's much more potent on a whole so the funny stuff is still funny and the light stuff is light but that end of that finale man oh that was i just got goosebumps just thinking about it because everybody went through these things knows people who went through these things or like i mentioned with my sister you know people who went through it who you've never had any of these conversations with and watching the show how it made me feel i i don't want i didn't want to talk to anybody about that stuff back then either I mean, maybe, you know, broad picture would have been great to big picture things as a kid, but that's not what happens. And so I'm glad they've held on to this for all these years to give us this show. I think this dynamic they've got probably could never happen again and that it's on Hulu and that people like it. Hopefully we're going to, you know, get to see more and more of it. I've also heard that part of their plan is to keep it in seventh grade. Really? With the same cast. So I don't know if that's the, they have an idea for how long it's supposed to go, supposedly. But in the interview I read where they talked about being 15, they said that part of the idea was that they wanted to, to keep it where it was. So I don't know if, if that will change in the future or not. But um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go nine out of ten locks of hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good choice. Good callback. I like it. Um I, I'm just going to echo everybody else. I, I love this a lot. Um, I really love shows that take like a deep deep appreciation for their characters, but also love their characters and have a lot of fun with them. And you could just feel that through watching the show. It's hysterical. It's uh, it, it brings up a lot of things. And when you're a kid, that you maybe weren't noticing too much like the the consequences of other people's decisions like you were talking about tessa with you know parents getting divorced which definitely happened to me when i was a kid so there's a lot of things that will resonate with everyone who watches this show and maybe uh the demographic of you know i'm 35 so this definitely 
feels like it's in alignment with how young I was at that time. Same. And so it, it really hits home for, I guess, uh, like late 20 year olds, uh, up to maybe 40 year olds. You're just like, Oh my God, this is really happening. Cause nothing <laughs> beats really the first season, the aim episode it's, and they did a little bit this season as well. It's like, Oh my God, bring that back. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I, yeah, I loved everything about it from the, the costumes, the, the scripts are just so damn sharp and everyone acting in it, it's great. All the kids, like we were saying, are phenomenal. And, uh, and just a lot of the, the references, like we're talking about with the uh, Boogie Nights and Goodfellas, just like, what the, why does this need to be in here? But it, it fits so well with what the situations were. Um, and I'm going to give this, uh, and th- this did feel great watching this because I just also watched Ratchet and I hated it. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I'm sorry if anyone here liked it, but I haven't seen uh, it yet. So don't, uh, <laughs> Um, that's for another review that you can listen to on screener squad. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to give this uh, 10 out of 10, uh, 10 out of 10 lines that I definitely could not fucking remember when I was on stage back in high school. <laughs> Line. Uh, God, nothing worse. There's nothing. And you know what? I, that happened to me when um, I was on stage, the, the line thing definitely happened, but the whole putting your hand, in front of your mouth and not kissing someone that mm-hmm. fucking happened to me and it's not fun when it does <laughs> rough oh yeah being a kid's great isn't it <laughs> we we would all have thrown glitter on you if we were there right thank you we would have we would have thank you helped you out with that one <laughs>